Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. So gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning and welcome to you all. This is a Real Presence Live, and we are so grateful to be with you this morning. I'm one of your hosts, Brad Gray. And I'm Janine Bitson, and it is wonderful to be on air together it is. again. Yeah. Uh, just sure enjoy it, Brad. And and we seem to always have some really uplifting conversations, but we also have some very difficult yeah. conversations as well. Important things that yeah. need to be discussed. That's right. But I, I got to say, I'm just, uh, as a warm weather guy, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving things here right now. You know, um, I know that there are plenty of people that, that, appreciate the cold in our part of the world. I'm not one of them. So I, I love I love the heat that we're getting right now. I, I definitely want more rain. Um, and we got a little a little spattering in our area here uh, yesterday. But um, but anyway, I'm just grateful to God. This is this is glorious in my world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I do like the warm weather too, but I am grateful for the seasons. Yeah. You know, I know I know spring and, and fall are short. But I am glad that we have seasons. I just came back from a week in Arizona, and I'm like going, oh, to have this all year round would be hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but let's begin in prayer. All right, let's do it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Loving God, we come before you with joy and gratitude today, knowing that you are our Father. We thank you that you are with us at every moment of our lives, consciously loving us into being. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, whom we celebrate in this Easter season for the gift of the Holy Spirit that he pours out upon us as we prepare to receive, uh, to celebrate Pentecost. We ask, Father, that you shower this Holy Spirit upon us this morning as we seek to open our minds and our hearts anew to your voice, to your presence in the world, to all that you ask of us and all that you want to do for us. We ask that you uh, anoint our conversation this morning, that hearts may be touched and lives may be transformed and that the kingdom of Christ, your Son, may be ever more built up. We ask this now with confidence in the words that your Son, Jesus, taught us as we pray, Our Father, who Lord art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, thank you so much, Brad. That was a beautiful way to start our show. Thanks to God for being with us at every moment. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's get, let's get this thing started. We are, we're really <laughs> excited to, uh, to begin our first segment. We have uh, Dr. Michelle Cretella on the line with us this morning. She is the Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. Good morning to you, Dr. Cretella. Good morning. It's great to be back. Well, we're just so grateful to have you back. Yeah. I, I know the last time we had you on, it was just like too short. Oh, way, way, way too <laughs> so short. So much to talk about here. And, yeah. and it's yeah, going to be really wonderful to have our listening audience get more insight on this whole matter. Uh, because when we close our segment today, we're going to be talking about um, uh, some legislative uh, process in the state of North Dakota that happened uh, regarding some of these kind of topics. Right. Okay. And as, 
as Janine had mentioned, we, we got to have Dr. Catella on, on April 30th. We're, we're going to be t- uh, discussing, uh, you know, somewhat of a difficult topic to start off with this morning on the, the question of gender ideology and how that relates to children. So um, we certainly would invite the listeners that if, if you deem this inappropriate for your younger audiences, you know, that this, this first half hour is going to be uh, this conversation with Dr. Catella discussing some of these, these questions that are a part of our society right now and honestly are incredibly troubling. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dr. Catella, you had mentioned when you were on with us the first time that uh, the American College of Pediatricians is really the only pro-life association of, of pediatricians in the country, right? Um, yes, that is correct. That's correct, yes. Right. And uh, let's just to kind of recap a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're the executive director. Uh, what else should we know as we begin our conversation? Sure. So, um, yes, I received my medical degree in 1994 from the University of Connecticut Medical School, and I completed my training in general pediatrics at the um, Connecticut Children's Medical Center uh, in 1997 and completed um, a fellowship in college or university health uh, medicine at the University of Charlottesville. Uh, I don't know, the University of Virginia Medical <laughs> School in Charlottesville, Virginia. <laughs> Be- being a former Virginian, I knew what you were talking about, but yeah, thanks yeah. for the clarification. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then that was followed by 17 years of practice, um, uh, 17 years of clinical practice in uh, general uh, pediatric adolescent medicine in both group practice settings um, in rural um, and suburban Connecticut and Rhode Island. Um, and I let's see, since 2012, I have um, essentially directed, been a full-time director of the American College of Pediatricians, um, which engages, it, we are a scientific um, the scientific, National Scientific Organization of Pediatricians and Other Child Health Professionals hmm. um, dedicated to science and the, the natural law or uh, traditional Hippocratic medicine. Hmm. Um, so we are pro-life. We, uh, we recognize the decades of social science that finds the natural family is a child's greatest resource. For, for health and prosperity. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's been, and I myself, I am married. I, I'm a mother for uh, three boys and a girl uh, between the ages of 16 and 23. Awesome. awesome. Busy time of life. Lots yeah. of Busy. graduations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that is so wonderful. You know, we need to really hit this hard, though. Um, I, I don't right. want to run out of time again. Yeah. Right. I, 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 just, I think it's good and, to just kind of touch base with what we talked about previously. Absolutely. And so maybe last time you had mentioned a distinction between the term sex and gender, and I think yeah, that's a good that's kind a of starting point. a very good place to start. Yeah. Exactly. So just um, uh, an, an, an easy mnemonic is uh, the, the phrase that uh, people have sex, nouns have gender. Mm. Okay. So um, sex is the, the biological trait determined by genetics at fertilization. If you, um, and it's defined by the role you play, the biological role you play in reproduction. So if an organism donates genetic material during reproduction, that organism is male. So for human beings, males produce sperm. Conversely, 
if during the process of the biological process of reproduction you receive genetic material, that makes you female. So human <laughs> females, we receive sperm during the biological process of reproduction. Um, that is sex. Determined at fertilization by genetics never changes across your lifetime. Um, gender is not a physical or scientific trait. Gender uh, refers to sex stereotypes, more like feminine versus masculine. And prior to uh, the sexual revolution, gender referred just to grammar. An example, if you, uh, you can go to the Romance languages like Spanish. If you have a female friend, the word is amiga. If you have a male friend, the word is amigo. So sex refers to the biological, physical trait that is determined at fertilization, never changes across your life. And gender refers more to sex stereotypes, masculine or feminine. Well, well, that that is such a great way to start um, because everything that follows now, it it can be put into that definition, right? That framework, yeah. So, So a a child's gender identity is really how they do they identify their sex correctly, and how how do they? um, So, it's a combination of do I identify my sex correctly and how do I feel? What's my psychological? Uh, can I embrace that reality or do I not? You know, so, so some, unfortunately, in today's society where we are, uh, particularly our, our, all of us, but especially our children, are bombarded by um, gender ideology from the preschool, social media, Hollywood, ev- everywhere, um, gender identity normally develops at age three, a child would correctly identify, I am a boy, I am a girl. However, it may not be until age seven that a boy and boy and girl would understand their sex never changes. Mm. Sometimes it takes to age seven before a boy understands, oh, I'm a boy, boys grow into men, and that's physically, that's it for life. Mm-hmm. Um, right, but with all of what's essentially gender ideology propaganda, um, this is causing a significant amount of confusion, which is why the um, transgender belief in children has skyrocketed over 4,000%. I mean, there's a study mm. in the U.K. Wow. that, that in, in less than 10 years, um, they saw a 4,000% increase in um, children. Uh, struggling, coming forward with transgender belief. And that is not a biological phenomenon. Mm. That just does not happen. That is a, a cultural kind of thing. Contagion. That yeah. is a contagion phenomenon. Yeah, and especially like celebrities. I mean, it was even just this right. week, Demi Lovato comes out as non-binary. Like, mm-hmm. well, what does that mean? <laughs> you right, know, right, it's just... Right. And then with... Um, 
you know, trying to get into school curriculums in the sex education, and then it's a political issue, and then, of course, there's anti-God groups that are attacking the family, and it's just it's just this bombardment. So when you say the number 4,000%, I'm not surprised. It just has right. been I'm unbelievable. Not surprised, but shocked. Yeah, it is. It's a very shocking number, yeah. but, you know... We just need your help really educating our listeners yeah. on how, what can they do? You know, what happens to young kids who think they are trans before puberty? I mean, if they're not affirmed, I mean, is this, uh, how do, how do we deal with that issue? Yeah, Dr. Cotella, so we, we, you talked a little bit about kind of just the developmental aspects of yeah. children and right. how there's confusion. There's just a lack of understanding as they're developing in the early years. But we're seeing this enormous um, skyrocket in this, not only in kids, but in, in adults. Um, you talked a little bit about or the... Teenager, or uh, teenagers, okay. and mm-hmm. adolescents, and teenagers, you're right, um, children, teenagers, and the young adults, like college age, yep. right. um, um, is... Um, so what, what else is contributing with, to I'll this? I'll stick with that, my age group of expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> so so um, is, it just, is it just societal, or what all, what all contributes to this? So, 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 by and large, so social contagion or, um, indoctrination does play a huge role, um, but there are there are multiple contributing factors that can set uh, make more make some kids, teens, and young adults more vulnerable. For example, we we know that um, children and young adults who have underlying mental health uh, issues. Anything from depression, anxiety, ADHD, um, autism. Autism. There's a sevenfold greater incidence of of uh, transgender belief um, representation in, in kids with autism. Um, girls suffering with um, other, uh, like eating disorders, for example. Uh, there's there's an increased representation of transgender belief among children and young adults. Who have these other disorders beforehand, mm. um, and so underlying those, uh, you know, could also be uh, trauma, be it physical abuse, psychological abuse, and also sexual abuse, does figure prominently for some uh, children and young adults as as a predisposing factor to transgender belief. Um, Psychologically, a common, um, I think, two common uh, psychological lies, if you want to say, that that the individual may believe, that the child or young adult may believe subconsciously, is that they are either unsafe as their biological sex or unlovable Mm. as their biological sex. Mm -hmm. Unsafe unlovable, or maybe both, um, these hidden false beliefs, you know, subconscious false beliefs, those are what um, good counselors uh, and psychiatrists will strive to um, uncover with someone who um, is struggling with with any, I mean, those false beliefs of, you know, being unlovable or unsafe. Uh, can be at the root of many different mental illnesses, mm-hmm. all associated with the um, belief that you're trapped in the wrong body as well. Sure. But um, 
but with the transgender belief, it, it's somehow the, the idea that my body is the reason I'm not safe, my body is the reason I'm not loved, that false belief gets internalized and, and can bring out this strong um, sense that I am divorced, I'm divorced from my body, sure. I can't see my biological sex. You know, we- uh, uh, Dr. Cortella, we have to go on a quick break, but when yep. we come back from the break, let's just delve into this a little more. I happened to be out in San Francisco when the gay pride uh, parade mm-hmm. was going on. And and when you talk about those false beliefs, I think uh, there are some observations that I'd like to ask mm-hmm. you about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're going to take a quick break. Uh, stay tuned and stay with us on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Come to Holy Cross Catholic Church in Ipswich on Saturday, May 22nd, and experience the treasures of the church. Over 150 sacred relics of the saints will be available for prayer and veneration. Father Carlos Martins for the Companions of the Cross will give a teaching on the church's use of relics that is a scriptural, devotional, and leads to a renewal of the Catholic faith for many people. Saturday, May 22nd at 3.30 p.m. at Holy Cross in Ipswich. Visit holycrossipswich.org for more information. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, inspirational, uplifting, and important stories and and conversations. We're having one right now with uh, Dr. Michelle Cortella, the Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. Uh, We're speaking about these questions of gender ideology, especially as they pertain to children, the onset, the 4,000% 4,000% increase over 10 years that we've witnessed in our society right now of, of 
people of kids identifying as being transgender. And there's there's so much tied up in this. And mm-hmm. I, I, I wish we had days to go into this, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Janine, you, you were speaking in the break about um, some observations that you had about how so much of this, when you were, when you were visiting in San Francisco... So much of this seemed to be uh, be all about belonging, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, um, you know, we were out there, which is probably the the biggest gay pride parade in the world, you know, and we just happened to have that tie in with an economics conference my husband was speaking at. But my observation, Dr. Curtella, seemed like it was about belonging. It was about being part of a group, like almost like they had been rejected from you know, the the all-star quarterback cheerleader group, and they had to have their own kind of group of belonging. Um, can, can you elaborate on those false beliefs and the psychological lies and then that need for human beings to belong? Well, absolutely. And, and what um, I think definitely one of the contributing factors uh, over the years has been the decline of the natural family, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because decades of social science research proves that children thrive and they find their identity best um, within uh, when their parents, with being reared, reared and nurtured by their biological parents in a loving marriage. Mm-hmm. It, that is the gold standard. And so the the... The, uh, as the health of the natural family declines, the physical and mental health of our children in society declines. Um, and, and I think, too, that, you know, going, going back, not only did we have um, healthier uh, biological families with support from extended family members, but we also had healthier uh, church families. You know, um, and there is just no replacement for, uh, there's no replacement for the family. There's no replacement either for um, face-to-face and community, you know, in-person socializing and service Mm -hmm. with our neighbors, and that's but churches, and of course, prayer. I mean, there's no, there's, there's, there's no replacement for God. Right, right. exactly. Um, so we want to not romanticize the past, not turn back the clock, but we, we have to capture, we, we have to ca- recapture um, what God has, you know, what, what God created, the, the mm-hmm. beauty uh, the beauty and the design that God made for human flourishing. Um, we have to do all we can to nurture good, strong, healthy, loving marriages and improve communication um, both between mother, the, the mothers and fathers and, and with their children. Um, but that is where the family is, the, is first and foremost where a child should be able to um, learn their true identity uh, and have that reaffirmed within the church family, because you know our identity, our identity is is ultimately defined by God, and that is reflected in our physical bodies. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. This, 
sorry. No, I'm sorry, Brad. Um, it is so important because I do feel when people feel they're not belonging, mm-hmm. um, it, you can just have all these kinds of ills, you yeah. know, wreak havoc right. in your life. And, and we need to remember that we're never alone, that we're all made in the image and likeness of God, that we're all beloved children of God, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that his love and mercy, um, you know, there's, he has two arms. The one arm is of love and the other arm of, of fear, you know, mm-hmm. and, and when we don't fear him, mm-hmm. you know, we, we fall into these uh, world lies of, of what's going to bring us love. And, um, and that's what you're talking about, that nuclear family, the domestic yeah. church, right. And, right. and where there's rules and there's reasons for the rules, but it's done in truth and love. And, yeah. and then we get that from our church family, because um, not all families have good nuclear families, but if, if there's a component of faith, um, right. that can keep you on the steady road, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, and I, I just love John Paul II's yeah. theology of the body. I mean, yeah. I was actually just thinking about oh, a, a statement wonderful. by John Paul that uh, he had made the the statement that as the family goes, so goes the world, so goes yeah. the church, so goes the world. Um, yeah. And I, I see that very much here. That uh, when you speak about the breakdown of the family and how that contributes to a lack of a sense of belonging, and and I think you know it's it's important. I think uh, for us as Catholics, for people who who want to abide by the truth of God's creation and so on, that we understand that there there are kind of two aspects of this whole question, right? There's the gender ideology, there's the ideologues that are trying to push something on us. But then there are also the people who are deeply struggling, and they feel this very intensely. Oh, um, oh, absolutely. Because it goes to their sense of, am I good? Am I I worthwhile, right? Right, yeah. And and we get that, that narrative from... Um, psychologists and so on, when when kids are feeling this dysphoria very, very acutely, um, like, well, do you want to have a live son or a dead daughter? You know, those right. sorts of that. So what, what do we do with that? Like, what is the situation here with the, does yeah, transgender, um, does transitioning help kids uh, in this situation? Does it help them if they are feeling affirmed in that way? And does it prevent the, the high rate of suicide that, that is experienced by those with gender yeah, dysphoria? So- um, so okay, I'll try and go fast. So I just <laughs> run out again. Um, so, so for the first thing to understand is that children with transgender beliefs have the same elevated risk of suicide as a child with depression, a child with anorexia nervosa. In other words, we need to be concerned for the well-being of all children with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the activists make it sound as though the transgender-believing children have a greater risk than anyone else. That No. They, they are on par with other children with mental illness. We do not treat suicide. We do not treat suicide by <laughs> uh, robbing children of puberty. Okay, mm-hmm. Puberty blockers do not treat suicide. Estrogen and testosterone do not treat suicide counseling and sometimes antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds may prevent suicide. All right, that, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, now, mainstream medicine puts out papers that, and, and alleged studies that they say, uh, oh, this is the way to go, this is what you need to do, you need to block puberty, you need to put them on cross-sex hormones. Bottom line, when you actually look at the papers, 
uh, their own claims, their own tables don't support the conclusions, um, and they're incredibly flawed. In other words, they, they have the endpoint they want to reach, and so they cut corners and manipulate uh, manipulate their uh, study design um, so that they can um, reach their conclusions. But in, in some cases, their very tables don't even support what they conclude. And, and in many cases, you have to follow the money and who's supporting yes. the the research studies. Um, yes. what, where's the money coming from to, to get these also, conclusions? Yeah, you want to follow the money always. But um, from a, a very practical standpoint, Lupron is the number one puberty blocker used in the United States. Um, and if you simply go to the, um, the package insert, right on the package insert, it warns, it warns you that this may cause psychiatric illness. Mm. It may cause emotional instability, including um, depression, anxiety, uh, emotional lability. Um, watch for the emergence of new psychiatric illness or worsening of current. It says it right on the package insert, and yet we're supposed to believe that giving the child this is, is going to make them feel better. Mm. Right. Um, there was a whistleblower. It, it, it took whistleblowers in the U.K. to um, uncover, uncover data that showed that the girls who were put on the puberty blockers were actually experiencing more distress than the mm. girls who were not on the blockers. Uh, and they were experiencing um, more uh, dissatisfaction with their bodies than the girls who were not on the blockers. So wow. there's a lot of wow. depression um, going on. It, it is a very lucrative. Yeah. You know, this is big pharma and big medicine. Yeah. Um, I, very quickly, I want your listeners to understand that um, kids who have transgender belief, if you go to most doctors now because the medical organizations that, that control basically the education and standards of care say, oh, if your child believes they're trans, that's it. You have to affirm them right away, change their names, their clothing, mm-hmm. etc. And prior to puberty, we're going to, or very early in puberty, we will put them on blockers because this is going to give them time to decide, you know, what they really are. Are they yeah. really a girl or a boy? Okay. Yep. Dr. Gertella, I, yeah. I, I have, oh, to, tell you, I have to tell you, you are an absolute magician because oh. you make 30 minutes go in like 15 seconds. Oh, okay. um, but I, I do, I, what, what we're talking about here is, is so important, yes, I believe. It is. And it's, it's such a critical issue that we're confronting. I would love to get you back again, if you're up for it, and, and go yes. deeper into like, what can we do? We've talked about this kind of on the conceptual right. level, but like, what do you right. do in this and how do you stand up uh, when you have kids that are confronting all this yes. in school? Right, right. Um, but we also um, quickly just tell where can our listeners yep. learn more because yes. we've had two, you know, big carrots put out, yeah. <laughs> and there's still so much more. So yep. give us your website. Sure. So it's bestforchildren.org. Bestforchildren.org. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dr. Cartella, we really want to thank you for being on with us this morning. Uh, also want to thank you for the work that you're doing. I've been praying for you and the work that you've been doing because it is so important, I absolutely believe. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank right. you. Well, have God, a wonderful day. God bless you. We do have to you step away. Well. Yeah. All right. All right. But we will be back on the other side of this break with more Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. 
This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 